Welcome to the Joy Factory, where we explore the art of happiness at work. I'm Susan DeFazio, your host and founder of Be Future Ready Today, where we develop toolkits that simplify our world of work and empower the how for happier and healthier outcomes so that people and businesses can truly thrive. Our podcast guests come from all walks of life, and today we're delighted to welcome Fiona Martin. So welcome, Fiona. Hi, Susie. It's great to be here today. It's lovely to have you. Um, I'm going to just introduce you, if you don't mind, just a little bit about Fiona's background. So Fiona is a business leader, an executive coach and consultant, and a board member and mediator in HR. And also Fiona is also a fellow judge with me on the HR Network Magazine's National Awards. So we have a tremendous amount of fun and and and, and joy when we're when we're doing that. I know that Fiona believes that um, happiness in life and work are essential to our quality of life. I'm also told that Fiona has a very sweet tooth. So whilst I can't tempt you with a delicious cake today, Fiona, I do hope I can tempt you to talk about your thoughts on the theme uh, for this week's episode, which is owning your own happiness at work, where we're going to explore why it matters, owning our experiences, and what you can do to take control But first, I'd like to start the conversation off by asking you, Fiona, what does joy mean to you? Thanks, Susie. It's lovely to to be here um, this afternoon. And I think this is such an important topic. So for me, um, joy at work actually manifests in a physical feeling. It's like a bubbling up of excitement and energy and positivity. And I think it is so important to each and every one of us at work. Um, I think um, we've seen huge links between joy and happiness at work in health and well-being and how we feel both about ourselves and um, about um, our colleagues and our organisations. I also am very reflective about the fact that none of us um, leave, finish work for the day and come home and completely leave it all behind, or I think very few of us. And so I think being happy at work is hugely important because of the impact it has, not just while we're at work, or on our, our mental well-being, but also on our life out with work. Yeah, absolutely. That it's you know what I'm hearing you say, Fiona. It's that um, if you like finding happiness and joy, it per- permeates into everything. Really, it's that connection to a broader purpose, so um, being really connected to what you do every day and sort of more broadly, but also um, it connects to your home life as well, doesn't it? Oh, I think it has a a huge impact on your home life. Um, I think it also has a huge impact 
on how each of us um, delivers at work, mm-hmm. on the relationships that we form and how much we achieve. I know that there are a number of, of studies which show that people who are happy at work are hugely innovative, they're more creative, they achieve more. Um, so it, it seems to me that happiness at work and brings big wins, not just for us as individuals, for us in our personal life, but also for um, the organisations that we work in. So for me, this should be a real priority, um, both for us in taking ownership of what we can do and also for organisations and employers. Yeah, because it's um yeah, it's it's I suppose there's it's equitable, isn't it? There's an employer has a responsibility in the workplace to re- to create the right conditions for us to to thrive. But you know, why rather than just waiting for um your leader or your boss or your your you know, more broadly, your employer to sort of to create all the bells and whistles of a, a great environment. Why do you think it's it's really important to take, if you like, personal accountability for creating your own happiness at work? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. So, um, I I think it's hugely important to take um, personal responsibility for your own happiness at work. Mm-hmm. Probably um, as a result of some of my own experiences where I've, I've worked with um, colleagues, with individuals who perhaps haven't been as happy and fulfilled at work as they deserved. And... Um, that's not necessarily been um, something that's been wholly within their control. But what what each of us can do is um, recognise that we do have um, we do have power. We have choices, okay. and it's it's a huge step to recognise that. Um, each of us has the ability to make changes and to do things to help us um, be happy, fulfilled at work. And actually, the consequences of not doing that can can be really significant in terms of our home lives, our, our health and well-being. Absolutely. And, you know, when you talk about choices, because I think you, you raise a really good Point. And I, you know, I can reflect on my own career that we all, you know, life is a, a series of choices, I suppose. But oftentimes you can get into a rhythm or a habit or a routine, whatever word, you know, we choose to, to, to put in there. And almost forget that we have a choice you know so we don't really think about perhaps things until we're unhappy do the choices still align with 
our direction of travel and what really makes us fulfilled. I'm just, you know, what 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 do you um, what are your thoughts on that, Fiona, in terms of choices and aligning it with your values and the regularity of whether we, you know, we do it or we don't do it. So. I, um, I think it's hugely important that we we spend time understanding ourselves and understanding um, our our personal values and the things that matter to each of us um, as individuals at work. Now, there, there will be things that are really common. I think we, we all want to feel that we are treated fairly. We all want to be recognised for what we contribute as in as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there will be things that are personal to each of us that it, it will make a huge difference in terms of how of what we get from work and whether or not we feel um, happy in work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's much easier to think about what we need and what what we can do um, before we hit any difficulties. Um, yeah. Because... Um, what I've seen and at points in my my own career experienced is that um, trying to work out what to do and what what I need um, when um, things are less good is actually much harder than having thought about it early on and doing that kind of check in to make sure that everything's going in a way that um, is rewarding. So one takeaway for me has been really working out what it is that um, you're looking for from work Mm -hmm. and do that early and then keep checking in um, to see how, how how that's progressing. Yeah, it's, it's those sort of, it's so it's taking your uh, your your blood pressure almost that kind of regularity. It's taking um, note of the the vitals in terms of you know how things are because uh, nothing stays the same. You know you you can be happy in a in a, a particular environment and role, and then something might change that's out with your control. So what I'm hearing you say is that actually the one thing that we do have within our own gift, if you like, is to be proactive by taking control. So doing those, understanding what your values are, understanding what it is you want to get out of a particular opportunity, and then almost doing a little bit of a stock take regularly to say, am I still on the right path? Rather than waiting until you're sort of feeling pretty desperate or woefully unhappy um, when actually that we're not really in that, you know, our body's filled with cortisol. We're not really in that spot where we can probably be very objective. Um, that's that's what I'm hearing you say. And, 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 and it sounds to me like really good advice. Yes, Susie. That's ex- exactly what I'm saying, and 
um, I, I'm acutely conscious that there are others um, in a work environment who will impact on us. I mean, if, if you look at the role of um, of your direct manager, mm-hmm. um, their skill, your relationship with them, um, it will have a, a significant impact. So I, I don't wish to in any way underplay or fail to recognise the impact that others can have on us. But setting all of that aside, each of us still has um, has the opportunity to yeah. make choices about what we can do to ensure that we are um, as happy as as um, we need to be at work. Yeah, I, I agree. I'll, I'll circle back to something that you've just said, and in, in terms of how we how we can it, it's it, it's it's not completely within our gift. But before I do this notion of let's just take a scenario where perhaps the conditions aren't the best conditions for whatever reason, you know, um, what, what are your thoughts? Have you got any, any, any insights or stories that you can say or examples that you can share when perhaps something hasn't been right for you and you've done something where you've taken that control. You've, you've said, okay, this is what I'm going to do to own my own happiness. Yes, I have a, a rather quirky example. Okay, I like quirky. <laughs> so I'd love to say this was hugely well planned, but okay. it was definitely learning in action. So there, there was a time very early in my career when I, um, I wasn't happy. I, I didn't feel heard, and I didn't feel included. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I decided, um, I think with a little bit of feistiness, mm-hmm. I was going to deal with that by um, putting some red lipstick on oh, wow. and turning up <laughs> and um, smiling and, as I would describe it, trying to exude happiness. Okay. And um, I made it my mission that every interaction that I had, all my dealings, um, I had my red lipstick on, my big smile. Mm-hmm. And even um, even though there were times when I really didn't feel it inside. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened surprised me. So, oh, okay. um, there were there were two themes that happened. Firstly, um, I found myself being approached by colleagues, often um, on a personal basis, mm-hmm. where um, I was getting really positive feedback about. Um, how I was coming across and how they noticed a change and how much they welcomed it and how great it was. So um, that was interesting for me to see how my change in demeanour mm-hmm. impacted on how other people viewed me. Right. Um, but the second area which surprised me even more was that I felt happier. 
Uh-huh. I've, I've read um, the, the books, the fake it till you make it, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I I really didn't expect just by the, the act of turning up and trying to um, be happy that it would actually have a physiological change right. in how I was feeling, and it did. It wow. was huge. And it's a life lesson for me that I will never, ever um, forget. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, this conversation is not about me. It's about you. But when you're you're telling this story, which I love, because it is a, a perfect example where the conditions weren't ideal and where you thought, OK, so what can I do? And you you did whether it came from feistiness um, or or you you were inspired and you thought this is going to this is how I'm going to show up at work and this is how I'm going to interact it shows you how those small they don't cost money do they they are mindset shifts that allow you to 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 make that step change and and you're making me remember and this is way way back when uh, when I was in the public sector uh, and I was a, a, a very young girl being sent around the executive um, floor for tea money. <laughs> and I was terrified most of the time stepping in and I hated how I felt terrified. And so a little bit similar to you, Fiona, I just thought, you know, fake it until you make it. And I used to burst in with a smile on my face and force myself to to make small talk. And actually... It, it did. It did change things. So you're right. It's. Um, it doesn't really matter what stage you are in your career, whether it's very early on, and you're, you, 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 you're probably paralysed a little bit with not having much experience, or whether or not you're a bit more mature in your career and dealing at a much higher level. Actually, there are things that we can do, and that's not to say that's putting a. To, to put a sticking plaster on it. But what's interesting is that physiological and psychological shift that you've, you felt, and I felt it too. And then and, and you just reminded me of that story when, when you were you're talking about your red lipstick and showing up with confidence and a smile on your face. Yeah, I love that, Susie. And I think, I think one of the reasons... Um, that I feel um, recognising we can own our own happiness is so important is mm-hmm. um, we can achieve so much with a positive mindset. I yep. think um, when we're not feeling positive, it's much it's much easier almost to spiral um, into an even less positive mindset. Yeah. So... Um, I mean, you said something quite interesting, which I I just want to pull back in because um, you said about you didn't feel included. And I think um, for me, there are sort of um, there are workplace conditions that can help you thrive. Um, This and, you know, one of them is feeling included. Uh, Another is feeling that it's safe to learn. Uh, another is that it's feeling safe to contribute and 
challenge the status quo. And I think any listener listening to our conversation, if they reflect and find out whether or not that, you know, they can tick each of these boxes, perhaps it's because the work in of itself isn't aligning with what sparks joy and happiness in them. And that's that then gives them some choices about reevaluation. But on the other hand, if some of these things um, are not stacking up, then you, you can have a conversation. It might be difficult to have a conversation about not being included or not feeling it's safe to learn. But there, this is about taking control of those conversations and deciding, actually, where does it all lie here? Yeah, um, where, where can I have influence? Where can I make an impact and objectively stand back and, and look at the situation? Yes, ab- um, absolutely. And I think um, you can you can stand you can stand back, you can think about what what the key challenges are and you can work out how best, whether that's um, informally or formally to um, to raise concerns and explore them um, and try and resolve them. Mm-hmm. Um, your your work in mediation must help enormously because that's a real that's a real skill, isn't it? Um, being so, able to mediate these kind of conversations. I think um, mediation creates, to my mind, a brilliant opportunity mm-hmm. for um, different people to come together and in a safe environment gain a much clearer understanding of how how each person, let's let's assume in this instance it's, it's two people, actually to understand um firstly um the the individual's perspective as as in if I'm in if I'm going into mediation, what's brought me here mm-hmm. and um what's been the impact and what is it that I need to be different to move forward. And ultimately if I'm not able to find a resolution um that is going to um, to be successful, well, what does that mean in terms of my future choices? Yes. So it helps each of us as as individuals really work out in our own heads quite clearly where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in bringing people together, you are creating a safe environment for them to hear from the other person and to understand different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And um, professionally, I, I might say that can be... Um, amazingly transformative. Yes. At the time when it happens and you see that shift in understanding mm-hmm. where people, where individuals recognise how someone else is feeling and how actions have impacted and what the consequences 
which often weren't intended have have been. Um, it's like fairy dust. It's it's like a piece of magic because that creates this incredible platform for individuals then to say, ah, now I understand what needs to be different. Yes. And then to work out jointly what they can do and when when you're invested in that you're really thinking about okay here here's a range of practical things that we can do but this is also how we're going to keep checking in just to yes. make sure that things are different and um i you know, I, i've seen um some incredible results um coming out of um, mediation so I'm a huge huge advocate and you know as you're talking I'm thinking you know owning our happiness at work um, you could any anybody listening could be forgiven for, for thinking well that's alright if you're the boss or the leader you know if I'm more ju- junior uh, I, I seemingly don't have the same kind of influence or power it's, it's harder, and I think that's absolutely true. It is harder, which leads me on to thinking that um, as a leader, um, I've not known enough leaders who are, um, I guess, upfront enough or feel comfortable enough to have a conversation that proactively says, how could I be a better leader to you? Or, you know, what is it that I do that drives you crazy? Or what is it that I do that actually makes your job worthwhile, engaging and so on? And and so therefore, there is a part in here where I think whilst we can own our own happiness, um, the more senior you are, you, you kind of have an obligation to smooth that path for others. Um, I totally agree with that. And I, I think um, there's two elements for me. One is it's so important. Um, and this this circles back actually to the organisational culture that you were talking about earlier, Susie, and that psychological safety. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's it's really great to ask um, to ask those kind of questions. What do you need from me? What could I do differently? Um, what would help you most? Mm-hmm. However. People need to feel um, that it's safe to speak out and they need to feel that they're not going to be, there's going to be no comeback from saying, well, actually, you know, I I, I think our meetings could be shorter, more focused, whatever it is that's driving them nuts. So I think um, having the right culture is really important and also Building that understanding. Um, so I was I was talking to a friend uh, about what it was because I think this is such a, um, a fascinating topic that made her happy at work. And she said to me, "Well, actually, the two things for me is really important to me to learn. I." I, I want to be learning all the time. I want to be learning new things. I, I do a lot when I'm not at work to try and improve my skills. And I want to see that when I'm handling a piece of work, 
Um, I want to see that I'm getting better at it because mm-hmm. I can see that I'm actually demonstrating that learning. Mm-hmm. I find myself thinking, I wonder if her her manager knows that. I yeah. wonder how tuned in they are to what it is that she's looking for from work. Yes. So I think the the importance of that shared understanding um, can go a huge way to helping um, to helping managers get the best out of the colleagues they're working with. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it is at the end of the day, we're humans and it's about communication and so much can get lost I don't know oftentimes you know I'm thinking about it from myself you sort of imagine what a leader is thinking about you or what what the unspoken word word really meant and in actual fact asking a question um, and, and and seeking feedback, I think, is really important. But you do, you're right. You have to, you have to be able to feel safe enough to to ask those questions and safe enough if you're going to challenge the status quo and make suggestions that actually it's not it's not going to go against you. But then I, I, I sort of spin back, and if you if you're if you're feeling in a if you're feeling you're in a situation where by it isn't safe to learn and it isn't safe to contribute or challenge the status quo, then actually, and that's important to you, you know, and, and, and that is an, an important element of what makes you happy at work. Then going back to something you said earlier is that we have choices and the choices are you start proactively thinking about where you can take yourself and your your work experience as it were into a different organization or a different a different kind of opportunity um, so at the end of the day I loved I loved your example of the red lipstick because what you're what you were seeing one of the things that you said Fiona was that you didn't feel particularly included but actually just showing up perhaps a little bit differently um cause people to respond to you differently so we there's a lot we do have a lot of power in the way we show up at work and and I'm not talking about being you know sort of a um over, you know inauthentically joyous every single day I'm talking about just showing up and being optimistic and and thinking okay how can i how can i help improve this not necessarily fix it but how can i help improve it and when you do that you've given a perfect example of where that's that had many positive ramifications you know susie you've drawn out beautifully the um the very fact that um People, you know, for me, people responded differently, and that was simply about the way that I showed up. Um, it, it, it was very powerful, very powerful learning. There's also something, if I can just flip it a little bit, of course, um, which is about um, maybe our responsibility to to others at work and I'm th- I'm thinking about 
in, uh, certainly there have been um, times when I've either seen or I, I myself have you know, maybe been in a rush and it's only on reflection afterwards that I've maybe thought, hmm, did, did I treat um, that person in the way that I would want to have been treated or did they receive what I was intending in the way that I meant it? Yes. And I, I think sometimes there's um, uh, unhappiness mm-hmm. because... Um, of how others perceive our actions. So whilst I think it's hugely important that we own and recognise our ability to to make changes mm-hmm. in order to um, maintain, develop, to be happy and fulfilled at work, I think we also have a responsibility not um, to... Um, certainly deliberately yes. and definitely inadvertently um, cause damage or, or harm to to other others. Well, what you're talking about there is, I think, it's about empathy, isn't it? And yes. it's, uh, it, it's, it's being able to read the room or pick up on the non-verbal things and, and really reflect and say, hmm, I don't think I was the best version of me there and it caused, uh, you know, I, I think it may have caused some damage. Um, even if it's even if it's sort of seemingly inconsequential, those, those, um, those smaller things can be huge to people, can't they? Um, because people are looking for signals that, they belong, that they they make a difference, that they feel safe, they, you know, and so therefore um, I do think that, you know, if you're in a managerial position or a senior leadership position, you you almost have that responsibility to to lead by example and actually be very transparent about when you make mistakes. So, you know, if you reflect on something and you think, gosh, I could have done better, make that known, not just to the other, to the person that you impacted, but to others. And I think that goes a long way um, for creating that sort of safe environment. Oh, I think that's a brilliant example of both modelling um, reflection, um, learning, openness, mm-hmm. um, and creating um, a culture that is inclusive and is safe. Mm-hmm. And um, it, sometimes it can be the smallest and most unintended actions that have impact, not just on maybe the person who feels the most, mm-hmm. but those that see it. And conversely, they um, just holding your hands up and saying, actually, that that wasn't um, the way I would have wanted to, to deal with that. I'm sorry I got that wrong. Yes. The intention was, is, is huge, hugely powerful. And I think the vast majority of people what they need is to hear that that acknowledgement that recognition and to know that it wasn't something actually that was wrong with them or something that they did that they deserved it yeah 
it, it's funny, I don't, and I don't know why this springs into mind, but I'm also thinking about our responsibility as customers as well. You know, when when we're living in this sort of fast-paced world and we've got a lot of stresses and strains and so on, um, you know, it, you can feel perhaps some, somewhat impatient if, if you're, I don't know, being served by somebody who's perhaps less experienced or, you know, wh- whether it's their just out of school or college or whatever and I my self-check is always if I feel myself you know tending to get a little bit irritated I think that's that's somebody's son or daughter or uh, it, it could be my niece my nephew just you know bear with them they're learning we all learn <laughs> we're all learners at some point in our lives um, it never really goes away so that that um, that empathy I think um, whether you're the more junior employee or you're uh, a, a manager, a leader, or a customer, at the end of the day, you know, most people want to go to work and do a good job, and we have to help each other. And I think, as I as I sum up um, our, our chat today. It's yes, we can take control. Yes, we've got choices. But this um, having conversations and uh, being reflective and taking responsibility for our own actions goes a heck of a long way, doesn't it? Oh, it does. And I I think one of the questions that's underused Mm -hmm. is, um, is everything okay? Because yes. I, I think um, if we can see that a colleague isn't at the, they're just not quite um, working normally or presenting or turning up in the way that mm-hmm. they normally would, mm-hmm. or you know, if it seems that they're having a bad day, yeah, actually, rather than leaping into um, to what may become conflict, taking a pause and just checking in with them about how they are doing. If we were a wee bit kinder and we did that more often, we might help others and and ourselves. Yeah, Yeah, it reminds me of um, something that I saw and it was a a tip saying if someone is rude to you or um, dismissive in any way, you know, so it doesn't feel great, stop, pause, take a breath, breath, and if you can, if you're face-to-face, you're looking at them directly, but if not, you're using the, the audio version of it in terms of silence, and then just say quite simply, is everything okay? Um, and I think that can force somebody into um, self-reflection, um, but for me, Fiona, I think you've provided so many um, valuable insights. Thank you so much for um, just talking about owning your own happiness and, and, and sharing your red lipstick stories and your, your perspectives of being a mediator. I think, you know, for me, yes, you know, if you feel included or you don't feel included, if you don't feel it's safe to learn or safe to contribute or challenge the status quo, then 
try to think about how you might have a conversation, but also think about how you show up differently at work. And then at the end of the day, we've all got some, we've all got choices about where we where we take ourselves to 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 earn money and and, and pay our way in this life. Absolutely, um, but that said. Um, one of my reflections, too many reflections today, is how much the lessons around happiness at work apply to life. Yes, and that's another conversation. That is what we'll have to have you back on again. Well, I uh, thank you, Fiona. I I I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I hope you have too. Um, it's been fascinating. Thank you, Susie. Once again, thank you, Fiona. That was a a wonderful discussion. And to all our listeners, please join us on the next episode when I'll be chatting to our next guest and discovering their thoughts about how we connect and create happiness for ourselves and others. 